So stating it quite simply, that project would not be moving forward in this time frame had it not been for that funding that was passed. You're listening to No Time for Delays. On the line is Chad LaRue, the executive director of the Kentucky Association of Highway Contractors. We interviewed Chad a couple of years back for the ATM Coalition, but he's here now for the No Time for Delays podcast. Chad, thanks for agreeing to the interview. Certainly. appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. You know, first, tell us about President Biden's recent event with Senators McConnell and Brown and Governors Bashir of Kentucky and DeWine of Ohio at the site of the Brent Spence Bridge. What was the significance of the event in terms of the IIJA law, and does it mean Democrats and Republicans can unite on at least some issues like infrastructure? Sure. The significance itself is the fact that the funding available that is allowing the Brent Spence Bridge project to move forward is directly related to the the competitive grants that are funded through the IIJA bill. So stating it quite simply, that project would not be moving forward in this time frame had it not been for that funding that was passed. And certainly, I think the project itself represents the best of bipartisan working together and being able to accomplish what is ultimately important for all parties and certainly our area of the country in in modernizing this bridge infrastructure segment to allow better movement of freight and, and people across the north and south, eastern half of the United States. How many years did Kentucky highway contractors advocate for a new Brent Spence bridge? And tell me about the strides you were able to make to make this happen. Sure. As far as the Kentucky Association of Highway Contractors, this is a project that we've had on our radar, been pushing and advocating for at the federal level for going on a decade. Um, I can remember actually attending a press event that was held when President Obama came to town to push for a funding package that would have included this project. And uh, at that time, if you'll recall, the House Speaker was Boehner from Ohio. So there was a push there to try to find some bipartisan ground to move that project forward. And it certainly at that time it didn't happen, but I would say all of that was groundwork that ultimately allowed for the success that happened you know, not too long ago. We know from a national significance as well as a, a Kentucky economic uh, perspective, it's a, it's a critical bridge uh, to, to our state, Ohio, and, and really up and down the, the Eastern Corridor. My understanding is that the IIJA will mean federal funding for more than just the Brent Spence Bridge in Kentucky. Can you tell me about that and how significant are the needs for road and bridge construction throughout your state? Certainly, the IIJA funding has been a a well-received and a welcomed infusion of dollars into the Kentucky Transportation Program. Over the five-year period of the IIJA bill, it will bring in an additional $200 million a year on average to Kentucky for its transportation needs. That'll bring our total federal funding available for roads from around $750 million to about $950 million over the five-year period. In general, what are the state of you know roads and bridges in Kentucky? I mean, are they in bad condition? Was this, was this IIJA legislation badly needed? 
it, it certainly was very much needed. I think Kentucky is probably like many other states. Uh, you know, the roads I wouldn't classify as terrible by and large. There's certainly some that would fit that category, but the majority of the roads in Kentucky are really just dated. They're they're starting to get worn. They have maintenance issues. I would liken it to your house. Um, you know, the roads in Kentucky are similar to a house that you know has generally been cared for enough. Uh, it's still operational. Uh, the roof the roof doesn't leak. Um, the electric still comes on. The water still runs in the pipes, but not much has been done to it for the last 20 or 30 years in the sense of making improvements and modernization. And, and what I mean by that is the modernization represents efficiency of moving humans, uh, you know, commercial and, and individual vehicles, and it also represents the efficiency and safety in, with which we can do that. Okay. So though the IIJA is the biggest infusion of federal money into infrastructure in a very long time, groups, including the American Society of Civil Engineers, have found that even with the passage of the law, we're only paying for about half of what the long-term infrastructure needs are in this country. Uh, can you tell me about that and what that really means going forward for infrastructure advocates at the state and national level? Sure. Yeah, certainly in Kentucky, we see that that delta or that funding gap between what's available to address needs and what's needed in order to address all the needs that have currently been identified. In Kentucky, we've had numbers from the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet in years past that said something to the magnitude of about 800 to $900 million of additional state funding was needed in order to meet all of our requirements. Uh, Kentucky has just released what they title as their long-range strategic transportation plan. It shows about a 23-year outlook on what the funding levels will be and what they will buy uh, during that time. And, and that, that data or that report shows that it's going to be a, a gap of about $895 million per year on average over the next 23 years. So you know, what that means, it doesn't mean that the transportation department will shut down or not be able to do anything, but what it means is there's going to be eight or nine hundred million dollars of projects that have already been identified that need to be updated either because they don't meet modern standards, uh, they don't have the capacity or their safety issues identified on those projects, and, and those projects will have to be delayed uh, until there's funding available to address them, which, you know, with the with the funding gap could be any number of years uh, beyond what would be reasonable if we had the money to address them. Okay, that, that's not good then. Um, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. What do you think the challenges are going to be to pay for all these infrastructure needs at the federal and state level, given things like uh, you know inflation, um, you know how long it takes to actually get permitted to do the projects, uh, and also the increasing adoption of electric vehicles. Certainly the electric and hybrid vehicles are, are a, I say, a threat, and, and it's not that we're not supportive of them. Uh, we know it's the technology that's coming for all the reasons that are explained by people who are experts in that area. We know the value or the potential benefits of those types of vehicles, but the reality is it does have an impact on our ability to maintain and build our transportation system. Many states, including Kentucky, are heavily reliant on a funding mechanism 
that includes revenue from a gas tax. And as vehicles become more efficient, as vehicles become either hybrid or electric, it's fully anticipated that the gallons of gasoline sold will reduce. And, and that has an impact both on the state and the federal government's ability to raise revenue on those cars using the roadways. And so there's a need to modernize transportation funding, not only in Kentucky, but really across the country. You're seeing some of that modernization, and Kentucky took the first step last year by putting in an annual fee on electric and hybrid vehicles. Kentucky also passed a law that will charge a three cent per kilowatt hour on all charging stations, and both of those laws go into effect in January of 2024. So they will help address the funding gap, uh, but it's really just the beginning, and it's it's a first step in what is ultimately needs to be an evolution of how we fund roads in the United States. Huh. So there's a lot of lot of big decisions to make going forward. What will it do to have a more modern infrastructure for Kentucky's economy and the nation's economy as a whole? How does that fit into stimulating long-term economic growth when you have a more modern Kentucky infrastructure? So certainly the modernization of transportation is impactful for Kentucky, as it is in other states, in the sense that there will be a build-out of the uh, electric charging stations and the ability to support transportation as it evolves into a hybrid and electric uh, fleet. The, the further impact in Kentucky is within the last year and a half, we've had two major announcements, one of, one of which is a, a massive Ford plant that will be built in Glendale, Kentucky. That will be the location where Ford will manufacture all of its batteries for its electric and hybrid fleets. And then further in Bowling Green, Kentucky, there's a factory that's being built by a Japanese company that will also manufacture batteries for the use in vehicles. Those those two factories are slated or touted to, to hire between the two of them about 8,000 people uh, in those two factories. So Certainly, it's stimulating our economy from that standpoint. We passed the IIJA, and that was a huge accomplishment. Do you feel like it took the the pressure off of advocates for infrastructure? You know, the lobbyists and everybody else who who sort of tries to you know continually remind the public and also elected officials why this kind of investment is important. I mean, did you did you feel a big sigh of relief, or 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 did you feel that it's only really just the beginning? I would say probably a mix of both. It's Certainly there's a relief and, and a, a little bit of celebration when a bill like that gets passed. I mean, as we know, inflation has certainly eroded some of the, some of the buying power of the IIJA bill. But at the end of the day, it's also fair to say that it's the most meaningful transportation investment legislation we've seen passed since the 50s when the interstate system and the funding for the interstate system started. So certainly there's a celebration there. It does relieve the urgency at the federal level to some degree for the push, but I will tell you uh, our national group, ARTBA, along with many other national groups, are already advocating and, and strategizing on how we will address this thing in, what, three years or so to come when this bill finally reaches its end, end of life and, and Congress has to decide how they move forward. I will say from Kentucky's standpoint, it, it probably has 
taking a little bit of wind out of our sails and pushing for state transportation funding only if, if for no other reason than, you know, for legislators, they want to hit pause for a year or two, see what that money does, what impacts it has on the program before determining if any additional actions needed in Kentucky. So that, that part creates a challenge for us at the state level, but I would certainly be remiss to say that we would, we would want it any other way if, if the federal government's passing of money guarantees us additional funding, we'll take that every day as opposed to hoping in a year or two we can get something done at the state level. Well, thanks for your time, Chad. Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. To learn more, visit notimefordelays.com.